listener. Hi and welcome back to Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Broadsheet's Features Editor, and I host this Brief Guide to Sydney. In today's episode, Broadsheet Editorial Director Katja Vactel and Melbourne Food and Drink Editor Audrey Payne review the latest season of The Bear. It was released earlier in the month in the US, and we've been waiting patiently for its return in Australia. Word is, it's even better than the first season, and as confirmation, it's already been nominated for 13 Emmys. Before we throw over to the Melbourne studio, I'm chatting with Alessandro Pavoni, executive chef and owner of Amare, Ameggio at the Spit and Kiosco by Ameggio. The Sydney chef was born in Italy and he's worked at Michelin-starred restaurants in Europe. He has an interesting life story, including surviving two heart attacks, and he's particularly passionate about creating the best possible experience of eating Italian food in Sydney. Hi, Alessandro. Thanks for joining us on Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. We have invited you in because you have a fantastic backstory. You've been in Sydney for about 20 years. And before that, you've worked in Michelin-starred restaurants in Italy and France as well. And you own three very successful restaurants in Sydney, Amare, uh, Ameggio at Spit and Kiosco. Kiosco. Very different styles of Italian cuisines. Correct. Before we get to your style of cooking, I'd love to kind of go back to Italy and talk about how you first got interested in in cooking or in entertaining and hospitality. So when we were uh, young kids, every Sunday my nonna used to start cooking very early in the morning, like 6 a.m., and make uh, challenging and amazing meals for the whole family. And then all the uncles, aunties, and all the kids would come together and eat together as 12, 15 people as a family. And uh, she was able to give a moment of emotion to all of us. And I felt that I wanted to be able to do that one day in my life, to be able to give emotion to people through food. When did you decide that that was going to be a career for you? Probably at that time of my life, I decided, and I used to tell my mother and father after primary school, I want to go to hotel school. We call it Alberghiera. And um, so I signed up at 15 years old to go to the school and I started working simultaneously, basically. In the weekends, I used to work. During the week, I used to go to school. Summer holiday, I used to work in restaurants. What do you enjoy most about working within fine dining? Because I know that a lot of your, a lot of your experience and your skills and techniques were developed within a more fine dining environment. Yeah, look, in the beginning, in, I wanted to learn from the best. And uh, we were lucky to live on the shore of the Lake Garda because a lot of missionary restaurants are actually there. So I tried to you know, to go to the best restaurant. And uh, my uh, teachers at school had connection and they started to send me to the right places from there. And I just grew up doing that type of, cooking that type of dining from the very beginning. It was only maybe four years or so once you moved to Australia and started working at the Park Hyatt when you opened um, Omegio. So I I went to the Park Hyatt. I I was a secretary chef there for... Five years, I think. And then my friend Giovanni Pilo called me and said, look, this is this restaurant on the speed. He used to have a restaurant there. 
and I went to, to have a look. But I already had a contract with the hire to go in Hong Kong. You were committed. Then I saw this restaurant. I mean, when I went to the restaurant, the speed, it reminded me of the lakes. Mm. You know, and I thought. Uh, then the restaurant was pretty bad. It was a, a old restaurant closed. And, but I had a dream. Everything clicked from there. So I quit and I opened a restaurant. And what you opened obviously is such a, a beautiful kind of a way of representing Italian cooking on Sydney Harbour. So as you said, it feels like you're on the lake because you are at that stage of Middle Harbour Correct. where you've got the boats There's the hills, floating. Yeah, the beautiful land, hills. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And it's it's a place where you can go and have a long lunch, a beautiful Correct. long lunch, not feel connected like you're in the city. Not at all. I feel like uh, on the show of the Lake Guard, I feel like on the Mediterranean, I feel like you have the water underneath you, the boats are there. And there's beautiful feel and energy. I love it. Now, you've had uh, a number of hats. It's a hatted restaurant for many, many years. What would you say of the biggest changes and what has stayed the same with Omegio at the Spit? Uh, nothing stayed the same. We changed the concept, I think, three times majorly. Major. The last one we changed just uh, after COVID, through COVID. We, we, I had the, the previous concept was like degustation dining. It was more like small courses in a row. I was a bit tired of that and I felt like the public was tired and the customer. So it was hard because we had kiosk already, so I didn't know what level of dining. Do I go below and do pizza? Do I where I go? So then we decided to still do fine dining, but a, a lot more relaxed. Like in the southern Italy, have more sharing but still technical dishes. And uh, the main thing was instead to make dessert, we wanted to make gelatos only. The gelato is the hero of the dessert. We make gelato on Murano glasses, like a, an ice cream sundae type of Perfect style. for that location yeah. as well. Because I always um, used to go out to restaurant in the city and instead to have dessert, used to go to somewhere to have gelato after. So I thought, be good to have gelato right here. So we did the gelato bar, which is still the current concept, and seafood only. And seafood only. So we took meat out. Obviously, we are at the speed, you know, it feels right. It does, to do that, yeah, right? to have... Vegetable and seafood, and it's more sustainable. We work with the supplier very closely. Taking Omegio to seafood and vegetables is partly connected by your personal diet, isn't it? Because yeah. you've experienced quite a lot of health concerns over your life, including two heart attacks, and you've also had cancer on your spine. You had a tumor when you were younger. Mm -hmm. I believe they're all connected a little bit. Yeah. Can you tell us about how you shifted your diet? The diet, more than the cancer and the heart attack, come from the rheumatoid arthritis, which I have also. Okay. And um, because I'm taking all these medications, then they found that I had rheumatoid arthritis, zero negative arthritis. And they wanted to give me more medications. So I thought there must be another way, a little bit more natural. So I studied a little bit with um, how, you know, to intervene with what do you eat, right? I follow a few concepts. I was vegan for maybe a year. 
didn't work because I used I used to eat a lot of pizza <laughs> and pasta anyway, and uh, even if with not much protein, it didn't work out for me. So between trials and error, I find my my way for myself to don't get inflamed anymore. I don't get inflamed at all anymore, and I'm basing my diet now in. Uh, Mostly uh, vegetables and protein, and uh, but also meats. Yeah. So I went back and forward testing myself. I get more inflamed. I get less inflamed, and uh, and I found my way. But then make me more conscious about how our diet is important for all of us. You know how important it is. And that's why you've kind of ensured that the the menus that you're able to put together for your restaurants have a balance, a more balanced right. menu, let's say. More than... sustainable, healthy, I believe. Sustainability is more uh, very important as well. I love that Amare, at, which is at the Crown in Barangaroo, you're really bringing the finishing of the food or a sense of kind of theatre, I guess. Table-side service. Table-side service, especially with the pesto. I know yeah. that some people have really enjoyed just the scent of basil and pine nuts being crushed by the weight staff. And listen, when you have someone that make your pasta table sign, you can smell Italy right there. And then they finish your pasta right there. The, the pesto doesn't oxidize. The, the, the smell of the, the, the nuts and the basil is all around you. You're already eating with your eye. The theater there, the entertainment is there. And then when you have it, it's just, you can have it twice a day, every day. So beautiful. But I wanted to bring more theater to the dining scenes. And I, I feel like we need, everybody's doing a lot more of that these days. I used to go out on Le Garda with my family when I was a teenager. On, this, on those fantastic restaurants in the Belle Epoque villas on the shores of the Le Garda. And was paramount there to have table-side service. And the experience I remember I had by watching, I don't even remember what I ate, but I remember the theater of it. So I thought that including then in a dining experience was a very important thing to do. What is it about hospitality that you just love and you would never want to give up? Definitely give emotion to people like, my grandmother used to do. That's why I did it. And that's why I'm still doing it. Because we're able to give emotion. We're able to give experience. We're able to make people happy. To make them smile. To change their day from a, maybe a bad day to a good day. I think that's power. And what's next for you? Are you working on anything that you'd like to share with us? Many projects on the back burner but I can't share you can't share you're going to keep that one to yourself <laughs> yes. okay well thanks so much for joining us it's a pleasure to meet you pleasure The Bear was one of the biggest hit TV series to come out in the last 12 months it's about a fine dining chef who's changed lanes headed back to his hometown of Chicago to turn around a family business an old sandwich shop that needs a little bit of tender affection now, you had an advanced look at mm-hmm. season two. We'll get to that in a second. Describe the bear for those who haven't seen it yet. What was the first season all about? Yeah, so like you said, the first season follows this chef, Kami, played by Jeremy Allen White, who um, some people might know from Shameless. 
And he comes from this fine dining world, but his family has run a Chicago beef shop, so like a sandwich shop. And some events unfold that lead to him having to go back and kind of put the business back in shape. It's pretty run down when he comes and takes over, very chaotic, people stuck in their ways, doing what they've been doing. And um, because of his pedigree, a younger chef, Sydney, played by Ayo Adebari, kind of tracks him down and wants to learn from him. And she kind of shakes things up in the kitchen as well. So for those who work in hospo, they felt like it really reflected what it's like to work in a hospitality environment. The chaotic nature of what it's like behind the scenes, the pressures of running a business, but also trying to get dishes up in time. Mm -hmm. It's for a lot of people, something that they felt was quite an intense watch. I think there were some chefs kind of anecdotally saying that they watched the first episode and then they had to tap out because it was too realistic. It was also interesting that Kami comes into this environment and then, of course, Sydney comes along Mm -hmm. and they're the fine dining. They represent this idea of, or at least the expertise that comes from fine dining. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the team in that shop has worked in the sandwich shop for a long time. Doesn't mean they're not making great food, but the idea of chef stations, prepping what you do as you go, hitting deadlines, that's anathema to them. And part of the drama of the first season is watching as Kami and Sydney basically tussle their way through, Mm -hmm. sometimes getting different members of the team on board, other times driving them away. And a bit of an emotional roller coaster, really. I also think that as well, you don't have to have worked in food to find this intriguing. No, not at all. And maybe it's slightly more enjoyable for those who aren't going to be traumatised by watching those scenes unfold, you know, mm-hmm. back of house. Let's talk about season two, yeah. which has been much awaited, highly anticipated. It's already been released in the States and the reviews have been stellar. A lot of those reviews talk about the fact that if the first season was incredibly chaotic and in some places dark, there's more light in this season. Mm. You spoke with Maddie Matheson, who is a celebrated chef, a very rambunctious Canadian man. He has cookbooks. He has YouTube series. He has restaurants. He's very well known. Mm -hmm. And he also plays a small part in the show, but he's an executive producer. Yeah. How did he describe the second season to you? (laughs) He described the second season to me as full-bodied, which I thought was a very funny way to put it, um, especially borrowing a wine world term. But um, I think my interpretation of that, at least, is that this next season goes a lot deeper into exploring the characters and who they are. Um, a lot of them get their own kind of bottle episodes. So I think full-bodied in the sense that you get a more rounded sense of who these people are. I love the character of, you know, the longtime chef at the Old Beef who kind of became, maybe accidentally, a bit of a pastry chef. Oh, and yes. Just wanted to create the best chocolate cake. Yeah, so I might just flag like mild, mild spoilers. If you don't want anything ruined, this would be a time to skip ahead. But um, that character, Marcus, ends up staging in Copenhagen at an unnamed fine dining restaurant. Maybe just as an aside as well, for those who don't know what a stage is, fine diners offered the opportunity to for young chefs who wanted to come and learn the expertise of a fine diner to come and what they called stage. Mm -hmm. It's effectively an unpaid internship. For a long time, these were things that young chefs love to also have on their resumes. And it's true. If you look at a lot of broadsheet coverage or food media coverage in this country, it's often, there are often stories where someone may have staged at Noma. Mm -hmm. Maybe they staged at Attica. But there has been a big discussion around whether those kind of opportunities 
while providing access to mm-hmm. some of the top chefs in the world, are they right? Shouldn't these people be paid? So that was just a little aside on what, the, what these stages mean. The bear doesn't go too much into the economics of it, but it does a nice job of kind of showing the inspiration that can take place if you're working with the right people at the right time in your life or career and you just need that kind of spark. I think it really does a really beautiful job of showing Marcus kind of take that on and also showing how lonely it can be to be in a city that you don't really live in. When we first meet all these mm-hmm. these characters in the first season, a lot of them were unknown actors to, I would say, the majority of audiences. Yeah. In the second season, we get some pretty big Hollywood names yeah. joining this cast. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Audrey? There's one episode, episode six in this season called Fishers, and it's a flashback episode. It's kind of this onslaught of famous faces. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis is there, Sarah Paulson is there, John Mulaney is there, Bob Odenkirk. In the conversation with Maddie that I was lucky enough to have, because he's an executive producer, he kind of spoke about what it was like to be in the room when they got these people to say yes and just this like energy and how excited everyone was and how everyone just kind of came to play. And you really see that on screen. Like it's a serious episode, but you can kind of feel the like energy and fun in the room. That I think shows just mm-hmm. where this this series is going. It's so high quality, but we start to see some faces and some famous faces in this second season. And I think too, like how respected it is, not just in the hospitality world, but also in the industry, like yeah. the film industry. Tell us a little bit about who's behind the show mm. for those who don't know. Yeah. So actually, yeah, I should say that the reason why Maddie Matheson is involved is not only because he has a small part on the show, but his role as a co-executive producer is to consult on the culinary aspects of it. So he works close with Coco Stora, who is actually the sister of the series creator. And the two of them have a restaurant background. So their job is to kind of make sure that the dialogue around the dishes is accurate, that people are moving in the way that they would in a restaurant. Coco's Um, worked at some top restaurants, really buzzy restaurants mm -hmm. in the US. In fact, if you're particularly interested, we Broadsheet did a story, an interview with Coco around the first series about what it took to basically culinary produce on the bear. And in the second season, is Mm -hmm. that food element just as important? Can you see Maddie and Coco's touches or are we moving more into kind of time away from the restaurant? There is time away from the restaurant, but in my mind, food almost plays a bigger role because you get to see the characters develop and through that, like their dishes also develop. And part of the season is about Sid and Kami developing what they call this chaos menu for when the restaurant reopens. So that plays a big role as well. And there's also a really beautiful episode where you see Sydney's character um, kind of take a culinary tour of Chicago and then just find inspiration through that. It is one of those shows that Mm. makes you want to go out and grab a sandwich afterwards. Mm -hmm. Do we get a look again at that very famous beef sandwich that was such a central part of the first season? That is so funny you ask. I actually don't think we do. I don't think the beef sandwich makes any more appearances, but there's a great cannoli moment. Yeah. Great. Okay, good. So The Bear Season 2 is now streaming in Australia. It's on Disney+. Plus. Audrey, should everyone go and watch it right away? I think you have your weekend plans. And that's all we have time for today. As always, you can keep up to date with what's happening around Sydney at broadsheet.com.au and at broadsheet underscore Sid on Instagram.
listener production.